0: Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. In today's episode, we've got the usual preview episode for Week 18's action of the NFL. It is the final week of the regular season. It's wild to think how fast it came, but nonetheless, I'm very excited to get Covering some of these games. There are a lot of playoff implications on the line. There are also a lot of games that don't really matter at all. Um, I'm not going to be focusing those on those ones as much, um, especially games that I really just think are very one sided. I won't be covering them too in depth. I'm just going to be trying to mostly cover the playoff implications that matter most to me. Some scenarios that I could see happening where teams sneak in and particularly one team that might sneak in. And I think they have a very good chance of sneaking in and people don't quite realize that they do. I'm not saying they're going to be competitive in their respective conference, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Other than that, I'm going to be doing my usual best bets. I'm going to be doing my usual uh, game picks and then... I'm going to talk about, I guess, again, just a couple games that even though they might not have the playoff implications that a lot of these other games do, and I will be talking about those. Uh, One game in particular I want to talk about just because the future of both of these teams is kind of in question as far as coaching, as far as their quarterback situations going forward. So let's just start off right there. And then with that game that I'm talking about, this is the Washington football team versus the New York football giants. This game is in New York or New Jersey, I guess, technically that's where their stadium is, I believe. Um, But this is definitely a game that not many people are going to be watching unless you're a Washington or a Giants fan, but it has big, big implications, mostly due to the fact that both of these teams are dealing with quarterbacks, that their future is most likely uncertain. It sounded like the Giants are going to stay with Daniel Jones going forward. They're going to continue to give him the keys of this extremely expensive car. Um, I don't know if I agree with that decision necessarily, but there are a bunch of rumors and murmurs about Joe Judge and his future there. Of course, I talked about him decently extensively on my last episode and how he's not the best in front of the press and how he's kind of talking himself out of a job regardless. I mean, no matter what you say, if your record is below five hundred every single year you've been coaching. I think that's more sane than anything he could have said to the media. Obviously, if you're going out to the media and you're like, "Yeah, I punch babies," that's not you know that's not a good look. But <laughs> but um, in the same aspect, it's not like he was saying the wisest words, um, and he's still losing, so he doesn't have a lot to back up. His uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't have a lot of credibility, I guess. He doesn't have a lot of sta- established. He doesn't proven much that he can do much on the NFL level. Um, I still believe he deserves to be in the league. I still believe he is respected by some of his guys, but I think a lot of his words coming from his press conference, as again, I've already talked about this in my Tuesday episode, are coming from a place of desperation, are coming from a place from exaggeration, and I think that they're not helpful for him and his future going forward. I think if he loses this game, which I think he will, I think he he's going to be out by the end of the season. Um, not sure when that's going to be announced, obviously. It just depends on the team, but it's as far as Washington goes, I think their coaching personnel for the most part is pretty safe. I think Ron Rivera is going to be there. I think Jack Del Rio is still going to be there, even though maybe he shouldn't. Their defense took massive leaps backwards last this last year or this year. You know what I mean? Um, but I guess the real question for Washington's future is Taylor Heineke, what they want to plan on do with him. Um, if they think he's their future there. If he really goes out and just fills up the stat sheet and wows audiences across the country, then maybe you can give him a reason to come back. But again, it's just with how highly paid quarterbacks are and how important that position is, I really don't think he's the future there. As much as I like him, nothing against him as a person, obviously, and I'm just a dude sitting in the chair you know, talking about all these things. So it's not like I'm going out there and trying to do any of this stuff. But From my point of view, from what I've seen, I don't think he's the future there. And it's not like this quarterback class is great, but there are guys out there that you can hopefully develop, and they're going to have a decently high draft pick. I imagine it's got to be around top 10 right now. So there's four or five guys that are kind of all in a similar boat for me, all for different reasons. You know, you've got guys like um, the Willis kid from Liberty, who's more of a raw prospect. He's just looking like. good talent overall. Kenny Pickett is someone who was in the Heisman finalists and was very successful with his team there in Pittsburgh. You've got guys like Matt Corral, who's one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of the draft. And now he's dealing with an injury and his future is kind of up in the air as far as where what teams are going to evaluate at, at him at as him. What the fuck am I saying? Teams are going to evaluate him as, there we go, English is hard, um, just all those factors leading into it. And then of course there's guys like, uh, da, 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 da. I'm forgetting his name. It doesn't matter. My point is there's a lot of quarterbacks, even though it's not as strong as a class overall, there are a lot of quarterbacks to be taken. Um, there are a lot of elements of a lot of these quarterbacks that are very likable and I could easily see Washington making a move at one of these guys during the offseason, as I think they should. Um, no matter how, how well Heineke plays this game, I think they should be doing that. Um, but again, no real playoff implications here, more just playoffs for the future of these teams. Moving on to the Patriots versus the Dolphins. This is a game that absolutely has playoff implications, even if the Dolphins are eliminated. Uh, the Patriots if they win this game and the Bills somehow lose their game against the Jets, they will take the lead in the division and be the winners of the AFC East. But regardless, we've seen the Patriots in years past go down to Miami, particularly late in the year, and struggle greatly. Uh, the question is, will we continue to see this trend? And truth be told, I really don't think we will. Um, I Obviously, they can still technically win their division, but I really can't believe the Dolphins even beat this team earlier in the year in Foxborough. These teams are just so completely different from then the patriots were still going through a lot of their growing pains it was the first start for their rookie quarterback um, they still had all those free agents getting used to their roles in this offense and it was obviously their first game getting back so just a lot of rust and, and honestly not even rust more so just unfamiliarity from a lot of players that really shine through that game and i really don't think we're going to see that this time this again even though we've had we've seen them have some slip ups against teams like the bills and the colts those are some of the best teams in the afc and things like that are just bound to happen. No team is uh, safe, I guess, from having a slip up or two during their season. And this is just still overall a well-oiled machine. We saw them get back on track against Jacksonville. And I'm not saying Miami is Jacksonville. Miami's still a better team than Jacksonville. And obviously, Brian Flores, Miami's head coach, is of the Belichick tree, so he should know decently well what they're gonna try and do. But I think the real X factor here is just Bill Belichick versus Tua Tagovailoa. Poor Tua. I mean, I think he absolutely gets exposed in this game here. I think the Patriots defense is going to continue to dominate as we've seen him basically the entire year. I think they're going to, in the same aspect, like I said, Brian Flores knows Belichick very well. He knows what he wants to do with the ball. I think there's elements that the Dolphins are going to be able to take out certain aspects of the Patriots passing game. But this Patriots offense, again, is just a well-oiled machine. They are extremely efficient running the ball. They are physically dominant against basically everyone they face this year. Um, I think their run game is going to get going often and frequently, um, or often and early, frequently and often literally mean the same thing. What the hell am I saying? Um, I think we could see a decent game from Damian Harris, from Andre Stevenson, those guys, Um, I think it could be a very low scoring game here, but I really do think the Patriots are just going to dominate this game. I think Tua is going to have a very bad game in the stat sheet. Uh, people are going to continue to question if he's the guy there and if the dolphins should go after again, a loaded quarterback in this class. Um, I think it would be wise to do that. They have a lot of draft capital to do so. And it's not like they necessarily have to take it, um, you know, trade up to get him. I still think they're going to have a decently high overall pick. And again, there are a lot of different quarterbacks that have a lot of different tools and bright spots in their game that I think I could see each coaching staff liking for different reasons. Regardless, um, this isn't so much about the Dolphins' future. This is more so about the Patriots and how I think their defense is going to dominate Tua in this game. I like the Patriots to cover 24 to 10, and I believe that makes it under the over under as well at 40 yes it does um but not too much i mean i I, i'm not really looking at the under in particular i'm just looking for the patriots to cover and win big here um these next games i'm gonna kind of pair them together because it all is one division it's all the nfc west teams are facing each other this week so the cardinals are playing the seahawks in the desert and then the rams are playing the niners in la obviously I'm pairing these games together mostly because with a Cardinals W and a Rams loss, the Cardinals take the lead in the division and win the NFC West. But if both of them win, the Rams hold their place atop the NFC West, and then obviously if they both lose, the Rams still hold their place atop the NFC West, which I don't really see happening here. But anyways, anything could happen. You guys know how I feel about these divisional matchups. They're always very competitive. These teams know each other very, very well. and. Three of these teams are very much competing for a spot in the NFC playoffs. And the Seahawks, even though they're not in playoff contention, they're not just going to flop over to their division rival. They're going to give them all they can. And obviously, as we know, the Niners have had the Rams number in recent years. Um, The problem is, for the Niners, though, I'm very worried about Trey Lance. As far as the passing game goes, I have not been impressed with basically any of the film he's put up this entire year. You guys know the complaints I've had about him. He's not a particularly accurate passer of the football, and when he is, he – doesn't show much touch or much poise. Um, He tends to get out of clean pockets too early. He tends to zip balls in far too fast. And a lot of the drops that are on his stat sheet that do get, I guess the receiver gets blamed for, it's almost never their fault. It's just Trey Lance is just whipping those things way too fast in there. Um, So yeah, I'm not really impressed with him. Um, But in the same aspect, uh, outside of the fourth quarter Matthew Stafford hasn't been playing his best football at all he's been far too reckless with the ball in his hands and causing way 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 too many problems for his offense he was supposed to be this great upgrade coming into this season as we know and of course he still is on a talent perspective but he's just again being way too reckless with the football causing way too many turnovers for himself and really digging his team in a hole um, luckily he's great and he's clutch so in a lot of these games it hasn't mattered because they found ways to come back in the fourth quarter but again playing a team even like the Niners playing a team like you know basically anyone in the AFC or excuse me NFC playoff picture you just can't expect to make those mistakes and get away with a W because these teams are too good they're too competitive these offenses are too clean and I just really don't see how that's sustainable either way um I think we really could see this turn into an ugly run heavy game script between both of these teams, because obviously Trey Lance, not the most prolific passer yet. Um, they're really going to, their bread and butter their entire year, even when Trey Lance wasn't playing is that physical run game, particularly off the left side with Trent Williams being the absolute best run blocking, not even run blocking, just best tackle period. One of the best football players in the National Football League. If you haven't watched, there's very little lineman that I go out of my way each and every single week to watch. And Trent Williams is my absolute must watch for a tackle position. Just look up his highlight tape. You don't even have to watch the film in depth, um, but he is physically dominating every single person. It's incredible to see. He is an absolute phenomenal talent, absolute first ballot hall of famer. And again, probably one of the top three to five NFL players right now. Um, if not number one, I I mean that he is just, he doesn't make mistakes. He's physically dominant. Um, regardless, you guys probably know all of this, so I'm not going to focus on that too heavily. Either way, the Rams running game has been working very well for them. It's been the bread and butter of their offense as of recently, especially with Matthew Stafford not playing his best ball. So again, I think As I said, this could be a very run-heavy game script. I think both defenses can make splash plays here, especially if Matthew Stafford continues to make the mistakes that he has because we know Trey Lance is not a perfect passer. We know he's going to end up making some mistakes. And I really feel like this could be one of those games that comes down to whoever has the ball last. I could really see a game-winning field goal here. And with all those points being said, I love the under of this game. The over-under right now is at 51.5 points. I've got the Rams winning... 23 to 20 off a last second field goal. That is well under the 51 and a half point over under. And yeah, I just really think this could be ugly. I think the Rams are going to find a way to win and clinch their division. But again, I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Niners win this one. As we know, they have absolutely had the Rams number. And either way, no matter who wins or loses, I really think that under is going to hit on this one. I'm feeling pretty confident about that one. All right. So jumping back to the Cardinals versus the Seahawks, we've seen the Seahawks getting their mojo back offensively. It all starts with Rashad Penny. He's looking absolutely dominant. It's really, really good to see him play in this level of football because I think a lot of people, including myself, were super excited to see this guy get on an NFL field coming out of San Diego State. I mean, he had everything that a franchise running back needed. He had size, he had power, he had electric speed, and we're now seeing that finally translate onto the NFL field. He's finally healthy. Uh, Good for him, I hope he can keep that up. And the Cardinals got some of their mojo back as well last week playing against the Dallas Cowboys who were looking like one of the best teams, not only in the NFC, but in the entire NFL. And that was just a phenomenal game, particularly from their defense. Their defense stepped up very, very big in that game. and. The problem is, again, these divisional matchups, you really don't know where they're going to go, but the problem is looking from the Seahawks point of view, their injury report is fucking loaded. I've got it up right in front of me on the this screen. This, these are the guys that didn't participate in, during Thursday's practice. We've got tight end Will Disley, starting guard Gabe Jackson, who apparently the uh, there's something going on with the Seahawks offensive line, they have a non-COVID-19 illness going around and five of their linemen um, are not participating in practice this week or haven't participated yet. Uh, on top of that, it sounded like Brandon Shell. I believe he's one of their guards, if I'm not mistaken, he could be their center. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, it sounded like he's not gonna play this week, so he's done for the year effectively. Um, but guys like Dwayne Brown is sick, Brandon Shell, as I said, is sick, not likely to play. Ethan Pochich, I believe that's his name. Oh, Brandon Shell's their, their tackle, my bad. Um, and then they've got another center, Dakota Shepley, also dealing with an illness. Their other, other tackle, uh, Stone, I've never even heard of this guy, Stone Forsythe, also dealing with an illness. And then you've got guys like Bobby Wagner dealing with a knee, Carlos Dunlap dealing with an ankle. Um, and then Quandre Diggs is still dealing with that knee injury. I'm not too worried about Quandre. He's basically been on the injury report all year long, um, or at least for like the past month, it feels like, um, and he's always been good to go when game time comes around. So I imagine that he's going to be fine in this game, but regardless, that's definitely something to look out for. There's just too many injuries here. These illnesses are catching up to him. Um, I really don't like how that works out on paper. especially with how active this Cardinals defense was last week. Again, though, these divisional matchups, you just never know. I believe the Cardinals are favored by seven points right now. That's not really a bet I want to go near. If I had to guess, I really think the Cardinals would win this one. But again, just given the scenarios and how the NFC West can play out, if the Cardinals win this one and then the Rams go on to win, lose their game against the Niners, the Cardinals obviously would jump the Rams for the NFC West lead. And that's extremely important. Um, and I really think there's a world where that could happen. Um, unfortunately for the Cardinals, I think Trey Lance is kind of going to be their undoing. I really think if Jimmy G was playing in that game, I think the Rams would have a much better shot. So I don't know. Either way, the Cardinals are going to be rooting for the 49ers very hard in that game. And With all that being said, let's move on to the Saints at the Falcons. You guys might be thinking, well, you said you weren't going to be talking about, you know, games without high implications, games that don't matter for the playoffs, but here's where you're wrong. So I've got the Rams beating the Niners, right? That leaves, if the Saints beat the Falcons this weekend, that means the Saints would take over as the seventh seed or the sixth seed, I believe in the NFC and my dog won't shut the fuck up. Sorry guys, give me one second. God, if you know me, you know that is my dog Loki and you know I just fucking hate that guy. He barks at fucking everything for no goddamn reason. I swear to God, I would never fucking harm a dog in my fucking life and that guy is, since the day we got him, he has not fucking liked me for no reason and you can tell I'm super pissed off Because he never shuts up. He hears my voice and he just barks and barks and barks and barks for no reason. And he barks at everyone. And it's like, dude, the only person he likes is my dad and my mom. And I don't understand it. But regardless, we're going to stay focused. We're going to get back to that Saints Falcons game. What I was trying to say is I've got the Rams beating the Niners, right? So if the Falcons. Lose to the Saints, that would put the Saints in that last, I think, sixth or seventh seed, depending on how it works out with the Eagles. Regardless, that would put him in the playoffs. So, clearly, this is where I'm getting to. I've got the Saints winning against the Falcons. Uh, I just really think that this is going to be a difference in coaching. I really think this is just going to be a difference in desperation. The Saints have an absolutely amazing culture. Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, and I really think that this is going to end up being one of those scenarios where people don't even realize that the Saints have a shot of making the playoffs and they just find a back way in. And it's not even one of those things where it's like they need all these things to happen. All they need to do is they need to go out and beat the Falcons and they need the 49ers to lose and they're in. And I really think that there's a very good shot of that happening. And they know that they're a smart team. They're going to be very desperate. Like I said, they're going to want to rally around Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, and a lot of those veterans like Malcolm Jenkins and guys that have been there for a few years. Marshawn Lattimore is a great leader himself. Cameron Jordan, obviously amazing leader, amazing guy, still an amazing player. I think that because of all those stars, because of all that playoff experience, because of the desperation that they know, and they are very used to and perform in those moments, the brightest, I guess. Um, Obviously, Matt Ryan makes me a little nervous. He always makes a couple plays a week to keep his team in. But... The Falcons just aren't a very talented football team right now. The Falcons don't have much to play for. They need a ton of circumstantial bullshit to go right if they even have a shot at making the playoffs. Actually, now that I say that, I don't even know if they can make the playoffs. They might literally be playing for nothing but to just spoil their division rival, which don't get me wrong. They're going to try their best to do. This game is in Atlanta, which helps them out a lot. But I just really think the Saints veteran leadership, the Saints culture as a whole is going to pull through in this one. I think they're going to get the W there even if it's in one of those ugly, which I really think it will, like 15 to 12 type games, 15 to 14 type games, I really think that the Saints are going to win this one and find a way to make it into the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're going to win a playoff game or anything like that, but good for the Saints. I really think it's going to end up happening. And I really think a lot of people are going to be surprised. But hey, if you're listening to this right now, and that all happens on Sunday, just know, I told you so. And I'm not going to be surprised in the slightest if it does. So anyways, let's move on to, let's talk about the chargers versus the Raiders right now. This is Sunday night football. It's in Las Vegas, and this is a win in your end game. So meaning whoever wins this game is going to the playoffs. And for my entertainment sake, and maybe my bias sake, I really just hope the chargers win this game because I think they're, The more fun team to watch, I think they're the better overall team, and I think that they're more deserving of a playoff spot. But then again, the Raiders have—they're just—I said this on Tuesday. I can't figure out what the hell the Raiders are. I don't think the Raiders can figure out what the Raiders are. And Derek Carr, as many mistakes as he makes, and as much as he frustrates me, he always seems—he's kind of got that Matthew Stafford thing going, where like he'll make a ton of mistakes the whole game, or the opposite, he'll make a couple mistakes and then a really big flash play. And then the fourth quarter comes around and he just dials in. And we really saw that against the Colts last Sunday. Um, I could see a similar situation playing out here, especially with you know how young the Chargers still are, all that inexperience they have there. Maybe a little bit of overaggression by the coaching staff, but that's neither here nor there. That was a few weeks ago. Let's not focus on that right now. Uh, my point is the Chargers are the far more, far more talented team But the Raiders are just kind of that wild card, uh, not really sure what they're going to do. Kind of like that, uh, this is like an analogy I'm coming up with on the spot, so bear with me here. They're kind of like that cat that half the time is like, or fucking animal, just insert any pet here. Um, They're kind of like that pet that half the time is like super cute and cuddly and they're like good looking and like, you know, you want to be all friendly with them. And then every now and then they just fucking turn around hi and just bite your ass. That's like the Raiders because the Raiders, they're like this not too flashy, but they've got these moments where they look really good and they like, you kind of want to like them, but like you can't trust them and you don't want to get your heart broken. And then, you know, they're, you have this moment where like, you know, they're fucking hanging out with you and they're super cool. And you think like, oh shit, like this is like a new friend, like this guy, this thing is cute, like whatever. And then, you know, they kind of disappoint you. Um it's kind of been the story all year with the Raiders. They've just been like that borderline, just a little bit better than average team. And I think we're just going to see that again here. I think that they're probably going to, I don't think they're going to fall on their face by any means. And the chargers are favored by three points in this one, which I think is going to be a push. I really think this is just going to be a a field goal difference in the game. Um, And I think a lot of that is due to, uh, man, I forgot the name again. I did this fucking on Tuesday. What is, I'm literally going to look it up right now. Raiders interim head coach name. Uh, cause that guy is a G let me tell you this. He is doing an amazing job. Uh, Tony Spirano? Is that really him? Is it really Tony Sperano? Yeah, it totally is. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing an excellent job for the cards he's been dealt, as is Derek Carr, as is a lot of their guys in that locker room, such as you know other veterans like Casey Hayward and uh, Denzel Perryman, both former Chargers, by the way, going to be extremely motivated to beat their former team and stick it to them. Uh, but regardless, I just think the Chargers are the more talented team here. I think the Chargers are the more desperate team. I think the Chargers know they're the better team and they're going to play with that confidence and that firepower. And we're going to see Justin Herbert in primetime, which is going to be amazing to see because anytime there's a primetime game in Las Vegas period, I'm always there for it. I think that stadium is phenomenal. I think those fans are phenomenal, but particularly when it's Justin Herbert on primetime in Las Vegas and there's a playoff berth on the line, let's go. This game is going to be fucking hype. Um, I believe it's the highest over under of the week. Yes, it is at 49 and a half points. I, I could absolutely see why it would be the highest over under of the week. I'm not going to make this any sort of best bet. I'm just more here to commentate about this game and here to get fucking pumped about this game. Cause it's going to be extremely exciting. I really could see anything happening. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Raiders ended up winning. Uh, maybe my partial bias just wants the Chargers to win and that's why I think they're going to win. But again, they're just the more talented football team here and I think they're going to pull off this one in Las Vegas. One final game I want to talk about, because again, a lot of these games are just like fucking boring. Who cares? Um, you know, like Bengals, Browns, Bengals aren't playing for shit. Joe Burrow's not playing. Bengals, I mean, the Browns should be winning this game. It, Baker seems to be checked out of this season, so it's like, who cares? Bears of Vikings, and neither of these teams are playing for anything. Colts are Jacks, Let's be honest, the Jags are an absolute dumpster fire and the Colts are going to be pissed. They just lost to the Raiders, so they're probably going to beat the shit out of the Jags. Um, they're favored by 15 there. Actually, that's a spread I kind of like. I kind of like the Colts to cover that one. I really think they're just going to whoop ass. Titans-Texans is like kind of interesting, I guess, because we've already seen the Titans run into some tro- trouble with the Texans earlier, um, and they're still playing for the number one seed. If they win this game, they can clinch it. If they lose this game and the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs take over as the number one seed. The Chiefs are playing the Broncos, which of course we expect them to win another one of those games, just kind of like write it as a Chiefs W. But again, I just really don't see the Titans running into the same issues that they had last time against the Texans. I think they know what's at stake. This locker room, this culture is extremely, extremely good there. Derrick Henry's coming back this game, um, even though they better limit his role because you don't want like I get that you just want to secure the number one seed and you might have to do that through Derek, but you really just want healthy for the playoffs above anything. So I believe he's really not going to get many touches in this game. I still think we're going to see a heavy dose of Deontay Foreman. And I think we're going to see a lot of Deontay Foreman going forward into the playoffs. I think they have a solid one, two punch going there, especially because again, you don't want to re-aggravate anything in Derek Henry's injury. You don't want to re-aggravate that foot. Um, obviously being a running back, you need your fucking feet to run. Um, so yeah, I just don't think, again, just I don't think anything crazy is going to happen there. I think the Titans win. Clip's number one seed. I think the Chiefs win. Still in the number two seed. Um, obviously, Panthers, Buccaneers, another one of those games. I don't think anything crazy is going to happen here. I think the Bucs are pissed about Antonio Brown. The Panthers are an absolute mess on offense. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up, even with a very beat-up Buccaneers offense. Um, this Buccaneers defense is still good enough that again, nothing crazy is going to happen here. The the Bucks are going to win, let's be honest. And that's, again, all that really matters in these scenarios. But again, coming all the way back around, one more game, I want to talk about one more game that really could matter as far as playoffs goes. And one more game that could matter as far as just pride and what these teams you know believe in, how much these teams hate each other is Steelers at Ravens. There is a scenario where the Ravens can sneak into the playoffs if they win this game. I believe they need like the Colts to... Wait, let me check it really quick. I actually have it on my phone. I believe I screenshotted it. Um, Oh, I'm totally lying. I didn't screenshot it. Never mind. Yeah, so there is a scenario where the Ravens can get into the playoffs with this. Maybe I saved it. Wait, 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 wait. Give me like 30 more seconds. Hold up. Sorry, guys. If you're listening this far, you're a G anyways and you don't mind. So I'm just going to saved on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Boom. Um, so yes, the Ravens can still technically make the playoffs with a win, an Indianapolis toss, lot toss, an Indianapolis loss, which again, not going to fucking happen. Uh, Chargers loss and then a Miami loss in tie. Those last two I could really see happening. They need an absolute miracle from Trevor Lawrence and those guys down in Duval for that to happen. But I mean, again, there's, I mean, I guess we've seen crazier shit happen. Maybe not. I don't know. Regardless, um, the Steelers, if they win this game, they're still very much in playoff contention. I believe there is some other circumstantial bullshit that need to happen there. And again, this is not a team that I think can win a playoff game in the long run, but it's still very exciting. And again, these teams, even regardless, if these teams were both limited from playoff contention and they were playing in this week, um, which i guess like they tech like let's be honest they they practically are neither of these teams are most likely going to make the playoffs either way just from pride from how much these teams hate each other from how well they know each other this game is going to be extremely fun to watch um, few matchups to watch in this one is obviously Ben Roethlisberger. This could very easily be his last game of his NFL career. And we know how beat up this Steelers secondary, I mean, sorry, this Ravens secondary is. The problem is I think Ben is just so far beyond gone. He's just so fried and has nothing left in the tank that I don't think he's going to be able to take advantage of that Ravens secondary. And we expect uh, Tyler Huntley, I almost said Brett again, but I didn't, we expect Tyler Huntley to be back in this game. I think that's going to be a massive upgrade from Josh Johnson, who really didn't show us much at all. Poor guy. Um, And yeah, I mean, in totality, I guess. I think Najee Harris is going to have a decent game. Patrick Queen should have his hands full with him. Uh, Their offensive line, as far as Pittsburgh goes, was making some very, very good movement happen against the Browns last week. But again, I'm It doesn't really matter what happens in this game. I think the Ravens are going to pull this one off. I think they're probably going to end up covering that five and a half point spread. But again, that's not a bet. I'd want to take it all. Uh, I can really see anything happening here because again, these teams know each other so well. Another very big storyline to look out for this game is TJ Watt. I believe he's only one sack away from tying the all time season record for, uh, that Michael Strahan set, I believe if I'm not mistaken. So he could easily break the record in this game. If he gets two. Well, it's fucking math. No shit. He would break the record. If he got two sacks, that was a very stupid comment. I saw I, Jesus ignore that. Um, but yeah, he's definitely going to have his eyes set on that. I think the team wants him to get that accomplishment. I think they're going to rally around him and of course rally around Ben knowing it's most likely his last game as a stealer. So again, I'm just not going to be surprised at all if they end up pulling out this one. But again, the Ravens aren't going to give him any gimmies. They're going to try and slow down TJ while their absolute best. They're going to try to have him stay as far away from that record as they possibly can. And they're going to have Ben Roethlisberger have the worst goodbye he can have because that's just what rivalries do. These teams do not like each other. There's obviously respect. I'm not saying there isn't respect, but that doesn't mean they're going to give him anything easy. And that's going to do it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Sorry to just wrap it up pretty quickly here. But again, there's just not too much to talk about outside of these divisional games, outside of these playoff implication games. If you guys have been enjoying these episodes, please, please, please let me know. Reach out to me at professional sports talk on Instagram. Please share this with your friends and family. It'd mean a whole lot. Again, I'm not so sure what I'm going to be doing with this podcast as this NFL season ends. So if you want more professional sports talk, share this with your friends and family. Reach out to me and follow my Instagram at professional sports talk. Thank you for each and every single one of you have gone through to the end of this episode. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Take care. Happy holidays, I guess. I don't know. They're already fucking, they're, they're way gone, but I hope you had a happy holidays. Um, if you're back in school by now, good luck on all that shit. If you're not back at school yet, get ready because online school might be coming back and it's going to suck so bad, but whatever. We'll get through this together, guys. Have a nice rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Peace out, everybody.